On this episode of Locked On Lightning, the Lightning drop game one in overtime. We talk about the good, the bad, and what could done be, could have done better. All that and more, but first, let's play that music. Your Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I just want to thank all of you for making us your first listen of the day. And if you're following us on YouTube, I want to thank you for making us your first watch of the day. Today, we are discussing uh, the Lightning dropping game one of the Stanley Cup final, a 4-3 loss in overtime. We talk about the good, the bad, and what could be done better in game two. And so let's start with the bad, really, because that's really how the game started for the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, giving up two goals uh, on really just being overwhelmed uh, in the opening minutes of this game. And, and that was kind of something that we kind of figured from this Tampa team. They, they, they over the last season or so, they've, they've, they've had more and more issues with, with teams that are able to match their speed, match their aggression on the offside of thing, offensive side of things, and and I'm not wor- I wasn't worried about it. You know the Nachushkin goal. Okay, yeah, that I was. There was some cause to be worried because you know you never want to be down to nothing to start a game, especially against a team like Colorado, who who are clearly and you, that was a testament in the first period so dangerous on the offside of th- uh, offensive side of things. And I was more worried at that point in time about Andre Vasilevsky because if you saw from those two goals, uh, Vasilevsky was clearly shaky. Uh, two goals that really shouldn't have gone in. You know, if goals that if if those were – if those shots were ripped off in, in the second period or the, later on in the game at any point, uh, Vasilevsky probably would have saved those. And, and so, you know, I kind of figured we were going to see this uh, – but I feel like the heat of the moment even got to me just because of how lively and loud that Colorado crowd was. So, but it, it was glad I was glad to see that Tampa started to turn things around. You got a goal from Nick Paul, his fourth of the playoffs. Which, uh, what else can what else can there be said about Nick Paul? Uh, he has had a fantastic go of it during during this playoffs. Kind of a almost a a oops moment in that goal. Uh, he was looking to Deke. Kemper and it actually worked out for the better. Uh, you know, he kind of lost the handle on it and and had to go the other side on that shot. So, you know what? And and I even tweeted it out before the period was over. I said, you know what, going down to one, uh, I would consider this a win for Tampa given how this period started. Um, so you know what? I have to say that uh yeah, those are one of the moments that you have to be thankful for Tampa's veteran leadership, for their ability to rise to the occasion and be able to weather the storm. Uh, and, and and I spoke about this with the Locked On Avalanche guys who are, we did another crossover episode and that'll be coming out tomorrow. I spoke about it with them saying, and, and I spoke about this to some fans as well, is, you know, not to really get too much into the if game, if Vasilevsky makes those saves, uh, very, very, manageable shots too if Vazzy makes those saves we could very well be sitting here not talking about a 4-3 overtime loss but talking about a 3-1 regulation win and Tampa having a one nothing lead in the series 
But listen, you know, you don't want to you don't want to drop game one, especially a team to a team like this. You definitely want to get off to a good start. You want to jump on this team early on in the series, kind of get in their heads a little bit because Tampa has been there. Tampa has been here. They know what to <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Tampa has been there, has been here, and, and they know how to weather the storm. They know what to do in certain situations. And we saw that, and that was the main key as to why they were able to get back into this game. Uh, more, And we'll talk about the positives in the second part of the show. But staying on, on the, the things that weren't done well, uh, I wouldn't really call this a negative. It was more so of a moment where, you know, I could see, I understand why a lot of people are upset and still upset. And I'm upset. I was upset about it in the moment, but here's my thinking. And I'm referring to the Anthony Sorelli call uh, that put the lightning on the five on three that led to the goal that made it uh, two nothing, uh, three one actually. And, and my, 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 my attitude towards this was, well, all right, it, it, in the heat of the moment, okay, you know what, that is a little bit of a soft call. You know, we've seen that called each ways, you know, not called and and, and also called. So I, I completely understand, like, in that moment. Um, and and I, like I said, I was upset as well over the call, the tripping call. Uh, I don't think it was enough. You know, I even saw some people – uh, even say that's embellishment on the car. No, clearly there was a stick involved uh, in his motion falling forward. I don't think it was enough to to hinder. And really, that's what it is. It, it, it's our, the refs are looking. Is this obstructing his movement up the ice and being able to play the puck in a way to where it's outside of the rules? And they determine yes. And my my thing now with it. Now, if the Lightning did not come back and, and tie this game and, and push it to overtime, I probably would feel a little bit more different about it. But at the same time, since they came back and, and had the result that they had, I'm not too upset about it. And really, it didn't decide the game. It, it, yeah, it put the Lightning a little bit more in a hole to climb out of. But at the end of the day, uh, they, they came back and tied the game, which, like I said, we'll talk about with the positives. But my my thought process and my opinion on it now now that we're we're 24 hours past uh, i'm recording this at 10:57 uh thursday night um dropping not too long afterwards my thought about my thoughts about it are well all right yeah the the call in, in retrospect it, it's not a good call obviously if that was called in favor of the lightning we probably feel d- differently about it at the same time, I don't have a problem with that call if it's continuously going to be called throughout the series. And and obviously, we're going to see tripping calls. But I mean more so if we see calls uh, like that being called for both teams. So that's, that's all I care about with that. Uh, I'm not going to make too much of a big deal about penalties just because I don't want to get into the whole conversation about calls that have been made that are not good and, and then missed calls here. Uh, that that should have been made that, you know, yes, power plays are a huge deal, especially in the playoffs. But uh, unless this was this was this particular play was called in the dying seconds that led to a last second crazy goal 
that one that the avalanche of the game uh i don't have a problem with it uh the other thing that i did have an issue with that actually was a penalty it wasn't so much that the fact that it was called it was mo and what i'm referring to is pat maroon's de delay of game uh penalty that he took uh not too long uh before the third period concluded and and really my whole issue with that and listen it, we we are, I'm completely understandable when it comes to moments in the game that yeah guys are going to get stuck out on the ice here and there, it just happens. But with a little bit over a, a minute left in the third period, why is Pat Maroon out there? You know, it's a tie game. It's a big moment in the game. You want to have your big players out there. Your 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 Nikita Kucherovs. Uh, your your Steven Stamkos is Braden Point, uh, you know the list goes on. I don't think the fourth line, especially Pat Maroon, should not be out there. I get it. He you could tell at that moment in time he knew exactly when he did it that he messed up. Uh, but you, and, and you know even the commentary was trying to make the excuse. Well, you know he was trying to clear the puck and clearly missed the glass and went straight into the crowd. All right, but listen, we we expect a lot more out of Maroon. In that situation now if this is kind of a situation where riley nash or alex bar barre boulet even him uh who has had enough playoff experience even riley nash a, a guy that maybe not has been in a ton of playoff games okay i could understand it a little bit uh but even even in that moment in time uh pat maroon should not be on the ice i'm sorry you know no disrespect towards the big rig but should not be on the ice at that moment of time. A uh, big moment in the game. You should have your scores. Uh, if I'm John Cooper, I'm pushing. You know, that's the time in the game where I'm pushing my top guys out a little bit more. Uh, and this comes into kind of the conversation I'll talk about uh, when we wrap up is is the the management of ice time. You know, not really a lot of guys over the 20 minute mark in this game, which is not necessarily bad, but would prefer especially in certain situations because we know john cooper likes to play guys and, and give certain lines extra time based off of uh the game situations definitely want to see your top dogs on the ice at that moment in time so we'll talk about some of the positive things in the second segment uh that the lightning did in this game uh most importantly coming back and tying things up uh, we'll talk about that but first i want to talk about our sponsor our only sponsor of the, of today's episode and that is built bar now, you know how our friends are built are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Built is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and the new and popular Puffs. And not sure what Mud Pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. The new Mud Pie is rich with whipped cream and chocolate, most smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble the chocolate most whipped cream cookies and cream crumble uh so great that you got to go to builtbar.com right now before they sell out so go to built.com use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order that's promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com so talking about the the negative things now i mean the positive things excuse me i already spoke about the negative things the positive things um and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of obvious things here. Uh, there was a lot of positives, and, and really to start off was, well, we'll go in chronological order, make it easy. So in, in 
to the positive thing was the lightning. You never saw, even when they went down early to nothing, you never saw a moment of uh, panic from this team. Guys were more so frustrated, and it wasn't so much as that they were trying to force the issue. It was more so frustration of of just we got to get going, and you saw that. uh, The Nick Paul goal definitely got things going for this Tampa team. And, yeah, the Avalanche eventually did score another goal. to, to before the period ended, but at the same time, I thought all things considered, being down by two instead of three was a huge, huge, huge win for Tampa. Now it might not look at it, you know, going to the second period. Well, you know, you're down three one. You still got a lot of ground to make up for, especially against this Colorado team. But I would say, you know, being down two, especially after everything that happened, I thought that was one of the biggest moments of the game the lightning be able to withstand the offensive attack of of colorado and and even going into that first period after andre palat scores on that fantastic like i could probably spend an entire episode talking about that pass from nikita kutrov nikita kutrov continues to show why he is in my opinion one of the best wingers in the nhl top three at least um and and i thought it was huge Huge to go in, even with 1731 into the first period. Uh, the Avalanche did score that third goal in the power play to make it 3 1. I still think the way they wrapped up that period and allowing Andre Vasilevsky to get a little bit more of confidence, a little bit more into the swing of things as the game progressed, not letting him get overwhelmed with shots and, and just being able to get a, that be done with that little early rust, whatever you want to call it. I thought that was huge for this team, and it was a huge win. Uh, In my opinion, that was really one of the turning points for the game. And then you put the cherry on top of it to start the second period, 12-51. You know, not really the start, but, you know, almost halfway, a little bit more halfway through. Uh, Andre Palat on that goal, fantastic touch down low on the pass. Nikita Kucherov putting it in in a position where only Andre Palat could get to it on the rush and on the backhand, no less. So a fantastic sequence there. And then Mikhail Sergachev scoring on an assist from Hegel and Sorelli. Uh, just this team's will to, to never give up uh, testament to, you know, their big win against the Rangers. And, and another, another positive thing that we saw was being able to, to manage the game. Uh, I spoke about how important it was for this lightning team to, try to not get sucked into the let's try and skate with these guys mindset, which we have seen them do. We saw it in the first period uh, early on. There was times where Tampa did a very good job where Avalanche tried to push the pace and then Tampa came back and tried to set up things, even though it didn't know it didn't result in whether it be a, a good scoring chance or, or result uh, in a goal. I still think that, having that mindset of going in, let's slow down the game, uh, kind of the equivalent to me, at least of, of in football, when you're going against one of those hurry up offenses, it's kind of like what you saw back in the days when the Patriots used to play the Colts. Uh, you have that run and gun offense, that hurry up offense with Peyton Manning. And then, you know, you kind of had Tom Brady kind of just being the field general and managing his way down, down the field. That's kind of like what I see out of these two teams. Uh, the Avalanche obviously being the Colts in this scenario where, you know, just running, 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 trying to score as much as possible in a short period of time. A lot of quick strikes. 
where you see from Tampa uh, trying to, to manage the game, take minutes off the clock, try to keep the avalanche uh, in their own zone, try to wear those guys down so they're not as fresh and able to have those those quick rushes as what we've seen. Uh, my only issue with that on the other side, of that, which I really should have brought up, but uh, not a big issue. I think it's something that John Cooper saw and that we'll probably see, depending on the flow of the game, we'll see a lot more from Tampa in the second uh, in, in game two. And that they, they kind of got away from it at certain times. But I thought overall, uh, considering how this game started and then how it ended, I think that was a huge part of it. Uh, and, and as well as Tampa doing a good job along the boards, there was a couple of instances where um, they were just out muscled and out physical there. And that's something, you know, I, I feel like guys were just not trying to get too physical too early on in this series, kind of just let things evolve as the series goes along. And I'm sure we'll see in game two, a lot more physicality from Tampa. Um, but I, I thought Tampa did a very good job. Uh, managing the puck as the game went on, managing the game, managing the moments. Uh, and, and that all came back to very good puck possession, uh, uh, doing work in the faceoff circle. Only one lightning player of all the players that took faceoffs, only one lightning player below 50% in the faceoff circle. So very good job. I've made a huge deal about how either you take care of the puck or you win the battles in the faceoff circle. Uh, you can't, you have to do one of those to be able to be successful. Now, granted, the the outcome of this game wasn't what we wanted it to be, but like I said, uh, this game could have been a lot more ugly, uh, and I thought the Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning showed why um, this series is far from over. You know, a lot of people think that this series is going to be quick after this. I saw a lot of some some Avalanche fans on Twitter saying, "Well, you know, Avalanche in two. Obviously, that's a joke, but." You see the cockiness there. So, but I, I have a ton of faith in this Tampa team, and I'm sure a lot of people do. And we saw it throughout the game. There was never, like I said, there was no worry from this team really at any point during the game. And I felt like that, uh, along with the fan base on Twitter, was the same was the same deal. So uh, we'll see if Tampa can can carry a lot of the things that they did well, as well as learn from a lot of the things that they did wrong in this game and carry that over into game two. Because if they could do that, if they could execute, uh, I am fairly confident that Tampa is going to take home game one, uh, game two, excuse me, and then go into game three with this series split. So uh, yeah, uh, other than, you know, the result on the scoreboard, like I said, uh, very good effort from Tampa to turn things around. And looking, things are looking very optimistic for game two. So let's talk about game two. Um, really looking for Tampa, like I said before, the carryover. Uh, I, I really want to see a lot of the things that they did. And, and we've seen this from Tampa in the past. We saw it in the Rangers series. We saw it in the Toronto series. We've seen it uh, instances during the regular season where they've played game, where they played teams, uh, not have really, not really have performed well in those games but then have been able whether it be later on the season or later in the week or whatever the case may be uh meeting those teams again at one point in the season being able to learn from those experiences uh and, and i think that's the thing that makes tampa such a dangerous team alongside having a great coach like john cooper is that this team is not afraid to learn on the fly they're not afraid to learn from their mistakes they're not afraid to make mistakes, to be able to see and exploit certain things that the other team may or may not be doing correctly. And, and I think that this was, if, if we're going to look at game one, that was a learning experience. 
Uh, now Tampa knows what they need to do in game two. And really the keys, and, and I'm going to try and do this before every game. So make sure and follow me on Twitter at DankyDank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K. Uh, I'm going to try and list all the 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 really the 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 important things that Tampa needs to do going to these games. And one of the important things is really they need to take control. The, they need to take control of the game early on need to show a lot more energy. We didn't really see that. I get it. You know what, at what Colorado brought early on, very understandable. You kind of need to, it's kind of really, I like to equate it to when you're fishing and you get, you hook this big Marlin or, you know, substitute any big fish. And you're not you're not looking for presentation. You're not trying to wrangle this thing in. You're just trying to tire them out. And then I think that's what really what Tampa was trying to do early on. And I think what they need to do this time is is have that same approach, but at the same time, uh, when they go into game two, what they need to do is is really start to be more organized, have an organized attack early on, set set the pace and, and show. Colorado through very good puck possession, through dominating the battles along the boards and in the end boards, uh, show them that this isn't going to be a quick game. You're going to pay. You're going to play by our pace. You could go down, try and get your one two chances on that sequence, but guess what? You're going to have to come back into your own zone, defend your net, and you're going to have to play. You're going to have to be on the ice for about forty five seconds to a minute and a half. And so, really, that's what I think Tampa needs to do early on. You know, not so much. Obviously, you want to score goals or score goals early on, but at the same time, what I think Tampa should do is really just work on tiring out this Colorado team. Because what we saw in Game One, and this goes back to what I kind of hinted at before, and we'll, this is a good point in time to talk about it. The time of ice that was allocated for both teams was very interesting, and I spoke about this with the Locked On Avalanche guys as well, and and you kind of saw it a little bit more evened out with Tampa. And that's expected. John Cooper likes to have guys out on the ice for an equal amount of time, especially early on in the series. You don't want to get guys tired out too quickly. Um, my only issue with it is I wish, especially later in the game, as we were getting close to the end of regulation, I would have liked to have seen Nikita Kucherov out there a little bit more. I would have liked to have seen Steven Stamkos out there a little bit more. Um, there was moments that I very much enjoyed, and I can't wait to see it as the series progresses. Braden Point kind of get his legs a little bit more under him. Uh, those three guys out on the ice together. I think once Point starts to figure it out again, because we saw little blips and moments and flashes of, of what we have come to expect from Braden, Braden Point. If we could get that from him consistently – on a shift by shift basis with that impending danger that will open up the ice immensely for the other guys for 91 and 86, especially. Uh, so I would like to kind of see John Cooper allocate the minutes where you not so much playing guys more, or maybe, yeah, I guess that would have to be the, the way to do it. Playing guys more to where you get more ice time between those three star players. And then on the other side of, of that with Colorado, and this goes into dictating the pace, you saw there wasn't many guys on Colorado that played that many minutes. Uh, you, you saw mainly from their top players, uh, really, um, you really saw the guys playing, you know, 
close to I would say ten. You know, you saw you had about one, two, uh, three players. So their fourth line basically not even reach eight minutes played, which is in a playoff game. Which is, if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, you should be a little bit concerned by that number, just because I see what Bednar is doing there. He wants to get his star players out on the ice as much as possible, uh, because he he just for the matchup sake, especially with Braden Point back in the lineup, you want to have your top guys against our top guys. I totally get that. But that's where the Lightning need to come back and exploit that in game two. John And I'm sure John Cooper knows that. I'm sure when he looked at the, the post-game notes, he saw that. And that's one of the things that this coaching staff is going to talk about uh, for game two. And it's probably going to work on, uh, you know, see, see if they can in, in, integrate uh, more of the top guys. Um, what Tampa really wants to do is force – Especially when you have the McKinnons, the Landeskogs, the, the McCars. McCar is a horse, so I don't expect him to get his minutes cut down a little bit. But you want like the Rantanins as well. What I expect John Cooper to do is whenever the top guys are on, is you're probably going to see more of a of a slow paced effort. You're going to see the lightning setting up sequences in their own zone, kind of making those top line guys play as many minutes as possible early on. So where you force Colorado to play more of their fourth line guys, and that's when you strike, that's when you bring in the third line. That's when you even have that fourth line out there. And even at certain sequences, when they have that fourth line out, bam, that's when you bring in two, and one and that's where you strike that's what you got and i think that's what we're going to see in game two i think it's going to be come down to a chess match of matchups and and i wouldn't be shocked especially if you see a, a lot more ice time out of kucherov i wouldn't be surprised kucherov who played um kucherov played i can't find him on the sheet kucherov only played 18 minutes i would expect that to be bumped up to 21 22 around that number, I think is a good sweet spot for him. We've seen him play a little bit more than that, but I think in game two, you really don't want to run him ragged that early. You got to also be smart. You also got to make sure that your guys are rested and ready to go for the rest of the series, because this like any seven game series, this isn't a sprint. It's a marathon. And really that's what the lightning I think need to keep in mind. So really being able to balance those two aspects, matchups, taking advantages of matchups, especially with the Avalanche fourth liners and making Jared Bednar put out his fourth line a lot more. I think that's going to be vital to the success in this game. As for my prediction in this game, I'm expecting a 2-1 win from Tampa in this one. Goals from Andre Palat and Nikita Kucherov. I think Andre Palat has been fantastic this entire series. I mean, this entire playoff run. And him and Kucherov have had such a great chemistry going over this run. So I'd expect more fireworks from both of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if you even want to push to 3-1. I think that's fine just because I think we're going to see Vasilevsky turn it on a lot earlier. Uh, he knows what to do now. He's he's kind of I, – I think he's very much adjusted to the series now. I think it, it took a little bit of time to kind of get that rust off after a couple of days, kind of get the feel for the game. And, and I think he's going to be locked in coming in. And I think we're this is going to be a statement game for Tampa. They're going to show Colorado as well as the general NHL fan base that this team is not at all by any means done uh, 
with with their success and this dynasty is still going to be rolling so i'd expect this to be a 3-1-2-1 tampa bay win and make sure to also subscribe to the pod so once they win because i'm not saying i guarantee it but i am very confident i'm about 95 90 96 percent sure that tampa is going to come back bounce back in this game and you're going to see a great all-around performance on both sides of the ice uh, so make sure to like and subscribe to the pod. Give us a follow wherever the podcasts are distributed on any audio platform. We are there. And make sure to go ahead and, and follow us on our YouTube channel. Drop a like. Hit that notification bell so as soon as the newest episode drops, you are notified. And go ahead and follow us on our social media pages, LO underscore Lightning on Twitter, as well as Locked On underscore Lightning on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at DankyDank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. So in the meantime, that's it. it been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.